five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to the continuation of Holy Half Hour Season 2. Kieran, my good friend, how are you today? Michael, I am very well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, but I'm feeling I'm feeling very relieved, Kieran, mm-hmm. because I nearly blinded myself in the stupidest way on Sunday. And oh dear. It was both very painful and very relieving. So, mm-hmm. to be fair, blinded myself is dramatic because I probably only would have blinded myself in one eye, not in both eyes. Um, right. I was well, in, that's all right then. I was in the house. I was in the house. <laughs> and the, the house plant looked a little bit dry. So I was like, uh-huh. okay, I'm just going to look at, I'm just going to lean down and touch, touch the soil of the house plant to see if it needs watering. And mm. because I was looking at the soil, I didn't notice in my peripheral vision that like, four inches from my head there was the you know those hard plastic sticks that help houseplants to to grow mm. straight Ooh. and I just yeah. reached down and like where this fully smashed my head into this stick that was pointing directly at my face it hit Ouch. me square in between the eyes <laughs> really hard it bled like I broke the skin with a stick and um, and I've still got a swollen spot here and it's really sore. Mm. And I'm um, flinching just thinking about it. Yeah, I was just thinking, gosh, imagine if that was the story you had to tell. You know, Daddy, why do you only? Why do you have an eye patch? <laughs> well, uh, Arr, my son, <laughs> gather around, and I shall tell you a tale. Those house plants be <laughs> treacherous things. <laughs> you know, like uh, here be plants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The plant was mighty thirsty, and it took me eye. You know, it's like, what a world, what a world. I was so grateful that I uh, just headbutted it instead of eye-butting it, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah, feeling quite. relieved and uh, and embarrassed, Kieran, that's how I am. Well, I'm flinching just thinking about that story. I'm the, like the flinchiest person in the world, as you know, Michael. Yeah, Like, true. I can't stand things being near my eyes, mm. and mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 cringing right now for you. So well, well this I is another imagine. thing. I think I I think I might just have to start wearing safety goggles everywhere I go, um, <laughs> and maybe a helmet too. Because whilst as regular listeners of the show will know, I'm a circus acrobat when circus acrobatics can happen, um, mm-hmm. which it can't at the moment because of COVID nineteen. But when I can do those things, I'm quite coordinated, except for my head. So my body, I'm I'm good with. <laughs> But I never know where my head is in space. I'm always hitting my head off of things. I'm always right, right. cutting my head open on things, and apparently also mm. always headbutting plants, uh, sticks that hang out of plants. So yeah, there you go. Okay, I don't think I knew that about you. Mm. Mm. It's a, interesting. It's very bad. Very bad. Anyway, enough about mm. me trying to poke my eyes out, Kieran. Um, why are we here? Can you tell the listeners what Holy Half Hour is all about? Well, Holy Half Hour is the show that isn't holy. But it is now half an hour long. So uh, amazing. If we, can, if we can stay true to a form in this season so far, because we've had two 30-minute episodes. I think we're doing uh, great. Yeah, and it's a show where we um, play crazy games, we listen to ridiculous songs we've made, and we talk about a fun Bible fact every week. 
Amazing. Well, shall we do those things? Let's do it. Michael and Kieran. Michael and Kieran. Michael and Kieran. Michael and Kieran. Okay, Kieran, my game for you this week is a return of a very classic Holy Half Hour game. It's a popular one. I have once again been raiding dictionaryofchristianese.com for some more Christianese phrases. Um, for those of you who don't know, Christianese is the type types of words that only Christians would say. Um, but the dictionaryofchristianese.com is more kind of silly, funny, informal slangs that only Christians say. And Kieran, you simply have to give me a definition. What do you think it means? Okay. Oh, and importantly, I nearly forgot. This might this might not apply quite so much to this quiz because this one's almost impossible to get right. But if you do get one right or close <laughs> enough, you will hear this noise. And if you get one not so right, which is probably likely because this is a really hard quiz, you will hear this noise. <laughs> Gets me every time. <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love the kazoo. Got Michael, if you how how would you communicate to someone that uh, uh, their dinner's ready with a kazoo? Oh, that's a good one. Um, let me just workshop it for a second. How about? Mm, sure. <laughs> that's good. Or that's or I good. could just like try to make a gong kind of sound like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm not sure that that would carry quite as well. <laughs> I think to me, the first one more says dinner's ready. Yeah. Uh, than, than the <laughs> oh, man. Enough about dinner, Kieran. How about Christian mutt? What is a Christian, Christian. mutt? Christian M U T. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess that that is supposed to be like a mongrel <laughs> so mm-hmm. perhaps someone who in a christian context maybe uh mum and dad are from different denominations or that kind of thing um, uh yeah or maybe one, one one's a christian but one isn't i don't know i'm gonna give you a partial for that one that's, mm, that's definitely close enough okay According okay. to the dictionary of Christianese.com, a Christian mutt is somebody who attends or has attended a multitude of different denominations. So isn't right. is like uh, they might have grown up in a Baptist church. Like I'm a bit of a Christian mutt. Grew up in a Baptist church. Now I go to Church of England. Um, but obviously, two does two make a mutt? I guess it does because it's not purebred. But uh, yeah, it's someone yeah. who's maybe not kind of doesn't really pay much attention to denominations within Christianity. Right. right. So yeah, I think that's someone definitely... who's de- de- denominationally a um, person of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in in regard to churches, having visited yeah. lots of churches. Yeah, exactly. A Christian, mu- a no bad thing, yeah. I think. Okay, oh. you ready for the second one? Go for it. Sanctified eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Sanctified eggs. Sanctified is this eggs. like a is this like a way of preparing eggs? It is uh, a way of preparing you know, eggs. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. So, I'll, what, what would that be? Like, put it in the middle of a bagel so that it has a halo <laughs> or something. Is it something like that? <laughs> That's a good guess. It's a good guess. Um, any, would you want to... Um, if I say no, would you hazard another one? 
no, I don't really have another one, to be honest. I'm stuck okay. on the Halo thing now. A ring of mayonnaise around a poached egg. <laughs> That's I closer. Mayonnaise is closer. I'm going to give you a... <laughs> for that okay. one, Kieran. Okay. Have you heard of something which is maybe a bit of an American expression, but I have heard it in this country. Deviled eggs? Yes. Have you heard of a yes. deviled egg? So a deviled egg is when... I don't know what it is. So a deviled egg is... You, it's like a party food where you, you hard boil an egg, you chop it in mm. half... You take the yolk out, and then you like mash up the yolk with mayonnaise and other bits, and then you put it back in again. So it's like a finger food where you eat half of an egg, but the the kind of thing is all like like a tasty uh-huh. filling instead of just the yolk. Uh, so sanctified right. eggs is a Christianized euphemism because you don't want to say deviled anything as a Christian. You can never say the word devil. <laughs> of course, of course. So Christians don't have deviled <laughs> eggs; they have sanctified eggs, Kieran. Okay. The best uh, way to have eggs, of course, is poached. Is it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's the holiest way to have eggs, <laughs> the way that is most pleasing to the Lord. So, because they, so they're fully submerged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I never thought of that. Very nice. <laughs> okay, Kieran, you ready for the next one? Yeah, yeah. Hit me. Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> Jehovah Sneaky. Yeah. Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> So it's it's been I don't know if it's still as popular now, but there was a it's in recent history it's been popular to use like um, the kind of Jehovah names of God, like mm-hmm. Jehovah Jireh, God is a provider, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. Yeah, Jehovah so Rapha, quite a few God of who heals. Those. Yeah, I've heard quite a few of those in in over the last I don't know ten years or so. Yeah. Uh, so is this like one of those when God takes you by surprise? He's Jehovah Sneaky. Is that the is that the thing here? Hey, hey. winner, winner! Yep, patterned oh, after man. traditional Hebrew epithets for God, such as Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Jireh, <laughs> a playful epithet for God that is interpreted to mean God who surprises. The implication is that God mm. is frequently at work when and where you least expect it. Jehovah Sneaky. Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> it feels, it doesn't feel entirely right no. to, to call God that, you know? Yeah. Ooh, Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> it's, it's fair to say our podcast is is fairly irreverent, but it still feels a mm. little bit wrong to say that. Even yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even, even, even on this show, yeah. that feels kind of on the edge. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, good job. Well, you're doing great. Much better than I anticipated because these are difficult. So here's the next one. What does... JPM stand for JPM. Giving you an acronym for this one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I can give you a clue if you'd like one. That would be great. Yeah, or some kind of contextual thing. So yeah. think about this in terms of uh, music. G. Oh, is it like Jesus's per minute or something? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus's per minute. Oh man. Man, I'm on a roll today. On a roll. So, what do you think it means? So, what's what, what, in what context are people using JPM? Uh, well, I get my guess is uh, that it would be uh, mentions of the Lord, the mentions of uses of the name Jesus in a song. Yeah, exactly. And can, particularly in contemporary yeah. Christian songs, how many mentions right. of Jesus it has, the higher the better. Mm. Usually, especially if you mm. want radio play. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I feel, I feel like there's a lot of contemporary Christian music where uh, it would be good to hear more of more of the name Jesus in there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm listening to different different channels 
you know, for these things. But um, you can send send some emails to some artists here and saying, could you uh, increase the JPMs on this track, please? Yeah, <laughs> It'd be sorted. They'll know exactly what you yeah. mean. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know what to say, Kieran. You're already, you're already winning, and uh, you know, I mean, you've already won. Really, you got three out of four so far. I thought this was going to be difficult, okay. but this is this is for the bonus. Evan Jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've heard this one before. Oh, really? And and it's it's it, it's in a it's in a rap song I like by Propaganda. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I think it means basically an evangelical Christian who is like just sort of loose in their theology or in their sort of moral character or that sort of thing. They're a bit, uh, you know, uh, easily led astray kind of thing. Is that the is that the idea? Is that the yeah, gist? Yeah, definitely. That's close uh. enough for me. <laughs> Basically, exactly that. Or um, to hit the nail on the head, spiritually spineless or without a backbone, like a jellyfish. <laughs> right. Well done, Kieran. I mean, four out of five on the Christianese <laughs> quiz. That is impressive work. Impressive work. What can I say? Nice. Well, thanks again to dictionaryofchristianese.com for being an amazing resource for great comedy Christian words. <laughs> Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Well, Michael, it's time for another unlikely worship song. Fast becoming the best section of this podcast, as everyone knows. <laughs> well, oh shucks. And uh, this week, Michael, we we talked a little bit about um, children's songs in a previous episode mm-hmm. and passages from the Bible that would be difficult to make into a children's song for Sunday school or that sort of thing. Yeah. So this is sort of kind of inspired by that. Um, it's also sort of inspired a little bit by, there's a guy called Malcolm Gladwell. You may have heard of, listeners, you may have heard of him. He has, a, he has this TED talk I watched a while back where he talks about Goliath mm-hmm. and just sort of gives this different perspective on Goliath and who Goliath was. So I won't go into all the detail on that now. But um, this song is, well, gives Goliath's side of the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Michael, wait. have a listen and, uh, and see what you think. All right, here we go. Gather round, my Philistine friends, and I shall tell you a tale of woe, a saddening story told all the way from here to Jericho of a man misunderstood. A real social pariah. <laughs> this is the tale of a poor, poor man named Goliath. That's me. Ever since I was a child, everyone has picked on me. All the boys and girls have tried to trip me up with glee. And little Susie wouldn't even go with me to the dance. It seems like there's nobody who'll give poor old Gol a chance. One day, the army sent me to the front lines with a spear telling me our neighbors, the Israelites, were here. Looking out across the enemy lines, I saw a boy. Ruddy and handsome, I thought, to be his friend would be a joy. Come here, I said, and I'll feed your flesh to the wild birds. That's just the way we Philistines say hello, I'm sure you've heard. But then the little boy took some stones from off the ground and threw one right at my head. I tell you, I was astounded did. (laughs) The last thing I remember was toppling to the floor. And that is where you find me now. This day's been quite a bore. But look, 
Here comes that little chap with my sword in his hand. How thoughtful to bring it back to the greatest warrior in the land. I'm sure he'll help me now to get this stone out of my head. Just a little tap with the sword blade and I'll be right as... Bravo. <laughs> oh, goodness. His only crime was that he cared too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was brilliant. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Well done, Kieran. I mean, what to say? I feel I've never <laughs> felt for Goliath before, and uh, <laughs> and you've made me feel new feelings that I, that I didn't know I could feel. So I think that's excellent well, work. Excellent work. If it's not... If, if it's not clear already, listeners, uh, this plays quite loosely with the biblical narrative. <laughs> very good, though. Very, very funny, Kieran. Um, <laughs> not uh, not necessarily what I would classically call a song. <laughs> no, no, it's a bit more spoken word. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. I had I, yeah. I I had to say I I dabbled with some spoken word based games uh, last season and abandoned them all because they sounded horrible. So I'm even more impressed by uh, how good that was. So well done. Um, I like doing spoken word stuff where you're putting on a funny voice. <laughs> the top, top 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 three three three. Well, Kieran, it is time for a quick top three. Hey. As you know, your job is simply to rank these three things in order as to how many times are mentioned in the Bible, from least to most. And this week, it is body parts. (laughs) So, body parts in the Bible. We've got a head, we've got arm, and we've got heart. Head, arm, heart. Least to most, what are you thinking? Oh, man, man. It's a toughie. Yeah, it is. So I feel, this is not, I'm not locking in this answer no, no, yet. No, 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 of course. Let me, let us into your like, thinking. I feel like the top one must be heart. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to say that because of its prominence in lots of key passages of scripture. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's mentioned a lot of times. This is, mm. this is the trap, isn't it? It's tricky, is tricky. That it's a prominent biblical concept, but it may not actually be mentioned that much. Yeah. Um, They're just alluding to heart, but not saying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> it's like, so <laughs> follow the organ which pumps blood around your body. <laughs> love the lord your god with all your organ which pumps blood around your body and all your soul and all your strength is that that what you mean the lub-dub machine in the chest is wicked and deceitful above all things (laughs) the boombity boombity box inside you uh yeah something like that so okay so so now i'm thinking well, I don't know what I'm thinking. If it's fre- frequency of the, it's just the number of times they get mentioned, mm. then I want to say my gut says. Oh, no, man, guts, that's really guts, hard. not one of them. It's, it's head, yeah. arm, and heart. <laughs> oh, I've got this. I've got this completely wrong. Then uh, I am gonna say mm, that. Okay, imagine a, in a, a world in which heart was the most numerous. Which would yeah. be the least head or arm? 
I feel like there's quite a lot of mentions of arms and strong right arms through the Psalms and that kind of thing. I feel like there are fewer mentions of head, maybe. No, I actually, I think the opposite, Michael. I've just decided I think the opposite. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Uh, well, the thing is, think? I think the head, important head gets thing... more mentions than arm. Yeah, I think the important thing to to mention here is that I can't search the Bible for context. Mm-hmm. I can only search it for exact word. Yeah. So head, sure. for example, the context might not be the head of a body. It could be the head of a household or the head of something else. Yeah. So, yeah. uh-huh. you know, maybe uh-huh. that adds some heads on there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So what are you so, thinking? What's your, what's your order? I think... I'm going to have to rush you. I think from least to most... Mm-hmm. Arm, heart, head. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? Because you seem pretty certain no. you wanted heart to be the top before. Uh, I don't know. So you're going with uh, arm, heart, head, or are you going with arm, head, heart? Arm, head, heart. All right. Arm, head, heart. Final, final chance to change. Arm, head, heart. Yes. All right. Let's see what the sound effect department has to say, young man. Way. Oh, no way. We got there. Well, listeners, I did it all by myself. <laughs> with, with no help. Michael was like frantically, like, do it. It was like there was a bit of charades going no, on. No, Not frantically. There was a little, Michael gave me a little, some, a few sort of uh, subtle gestures. I simply to pulled, indicate I pulled that a I couple of faces. Completely wrong. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you started so strongly when you're like, heart. Heart's got to be number one. I was like, yes, it is, because oh, yeah. Heart has 508 mentions. And wow, then I was like, how wow. how are you thinking that arm is mentioned more than head? Come on, come on. So head, 298, and arm, 70. So oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it is, you did get it right, yeah. though. And I was I was merely trying to encourage you in the direction you were already traveling, Kieran. That's all. Okay, Kieran, it's time for an interesting Bible fact. And this week, I have had the somewhat challenging job of finding an interesting Bible fact about Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I looked through a number of books on my Christian bookshelf and did not just a cursory Googling. And uh, I found it quite challenging to come up with one. However... I have two semi-interesting facts for you, uh, which will hopefully make up for one interesting fact. The first fact that I found out about Leviticus this week is that the first mention in the Bible of loving your neighbor as yourself is in Leviticus. Leviticus 19. Mm. I just think that's quite interesting because it's the kind of thing that we associate with Jesus more than anything else in New Testament type stuff. Uh, It's actually in Leviticus 19, verse 18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So Mm. it's quite cool. Okay. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that kind of ties into my other interesting thing about Leviticus, which is, I think, the most interesting thing about Leviticus is that Leviticus is really boring. (laughs) 
<laughs> and what I mean by that is, so regular listeners will know that I'm currently trying to memorize the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. And uh, Matthew five goes on to say that, uh, paraphrasing here rather than trying to quote from memory because that's boring, that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill the law and the prophets, uh, and that mm. not a single word of them would be stricken. Um, until the world passes away. And I think what's interesting is anyone who's ever tried to read the Bible in one year knows how difficult it is to get through Leviticus. Yes. Knows how arduous a journey it is. And of course it's important, but ultimately it is a book of 613 laws that the Levite peoples, you know, were in charge Mm. as a priestly class of encouraging the Israelites to observe. And what's important, I think, is that it kind of gives us a scale of what Jesus has done for us. You know, when you read through Leviticus, and I think that's partly the value of reading through it, other than the historicity and the other things, which are still of value. But for me, part of the value of reading it is how arduous it is. And that's Mm. like, that's like a tiny, a tiny glimpse of how arduous it would be to actually have to live by Old Testament law. Mm. And that Mm. is a tiny glimpse of partially what Jesus has accomplished for us, that we Mm. no longer have to live by those numerous numerous laws, but that we are free to have a relationship with God through what Christ has done. Um, We are righteous through faith, not righteous through obeying or our deeds. Mm, And I think mm. what is actually genuinely interesting, or at least it's interesting to give us a glimpse of some of what Jesus has accomplished, is that it's super boring to read Leviticus. Super boring. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Garen? Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, it puts puts me in mind what you're saying of, you know, where Hebrews talks about the law. I believe it's Hebrews talks about the law being inadequate to justify that the law, in essence, just pointed out to people how sinful they were. Mm. Um, and, and I think reading a book like Leviticus deepens my sense of relief, or it should, yes. I feel, deepen my sense of relief that uh, we are rescued from having to obey some kind of system like that in order yeah. to be declared right before God because it's not possible and mm. it was mm. never possible and the purpose was to point people ultimately uh, to to Jesus um, as the only person who can uh, who can justify who can make us righteous before God so mm. yeah in that sense I think you can look at the book of Leviticus and think wow you know I am so grateful <laughs> that yeah. I don't uh, you know have to memorize and think about all of these regulations every single day of my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's always good to memorize more scripture, but mm-hmm. you you know what I mean. <laughs> no, totally. And of course, in all of that, we, we have the caveat that it's not that Jesus came to fulfill the law and then abolish it in the, mm-hmm. that order. He mm-hmm. didn't come to abolish it, he came to fulfill it. And that means that we still are called to be holy like God is yes. holy. Absolutely. But we are made righteous so we are saved by Mm. christ alone Mm. through faith and then as we grow in relationship with god we tend to obey the laws of god Mm. more and more Mm. as we grow so we're not saying do what you like obviously but uh we are saying absolutely what a relief uh thank you jesus yeah yeah and what a relief that yeah ultimately god invites us into relationship with him and it's through loving him that we 
fulfill the law as it were. Yeah. Um, Amen. Amen. So what do you think, Kieran? Does the fact, does the interesting fact that Leviticus is boring count as an interesting fact? I think, I think that's, yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh-huh. I think it's been a, a good, a good, a good conversation we've had around it. So I think you get away with that, my friend. Phew. Oh, that was a hard one mm-hmm. this week. Not going to lie. <laughs> <sighs> Michael and Kieran. Well, Kieran, thank you so much for making the time. I've enjoyed hanging out with you as always. Likewise, my friend. Pleasure as always. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in your podcast devices, for leaving reviews, for sharing with your friends, for getting in touch at Holy Half Hour on social media and at hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. We just really appreciate you guys being part of this community with us, don't we, Kieran? Yeah, we do so much. And uh, we also look forward to you joining us next time. Until then, goodbye. Bye-bye.